1: Red Eye Radio, Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
0: Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. I guess we can call this. Uh... Juggling Wednesday. Oh yeah, because it's I, I, what a crazy day I, I was. Uh, you know, I a bunch of things to do yesterday. But every time I checked my every time I checked my phone, I was like, "Well, don't got to work again." Yeah, <laughs> right. another one. Don't have to work again. Right. Don't, yeah. even to, don't even have to try to find something to talk about anymore. Right. right. I did see uh, uh, a number of media outlets uh, trying to come up with uh, you know what what to uh, what to call. Uh, uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. and they were trying to relate it, but we haven't. We, I, you know, I, uh, we, we call that we called it first. Yeah, trailer. Uh, you know, yeah, trailer. Not mm-hmm. just like Ben Affleck and and uh, Jennifer Lopez, Benifer mm-hmm. We came up with trailer first. Yeah, we did. And since all the talk is about it is all garbage, yeah. we have come up on the show with our own trailer trash update. Yeah, and and I look forward to it um I I think in two years when and, uh, when uh, Taylor Swift puts out her anti-nFL album uh breakup with an NFL player album she'll probably have trailer trash on there <laughs> I will, I have to tell you our our friend uh, our friend Richard yeah a great uh, financial analyst mm-hmm. uh radio guy also down in uh, Houston right. He, he, already came up with the song. Oh yeah. Unless, well, and and uh, the uh, sexual innuendo that uh, you know the the, the yeah, song was yeah. always uh, she always ended up in the end zone. Ah, <laughs> it's like, I see. <laughs> it's like, I see. I'm like, oh my. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> and, well, and, let the jokes and memes begin. I guess they probably already have. Oh yeah. Well, the the what what I love is uh, just uh, some of the, um, how, you know, social media is looking at, let me, here, this is Sean Davis from the Federalist, this is a tweet out yesterday, Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift is dumb and her music sucks. (laughs) That was the one I was telling you that off the air, and it was, I, I, I didn't read the article, uh, that he had attached to it in the... In the uh, Mark in Hemingway, yeah, which was Taylor yeah. Swift's popularity as a sign of societal yeah. decline. Audiences and elite tastemakers have decided Taylor Swift's narcissistic lyrics and cliched music are a cultural triumph. Well, so is the public. Yeah, right. You know, a significant portion of the, the, the public. As you and I have said, I don't get it, but I did realize, and I I let's be fully honest... Yeah. When I got to my fiftieth high school anniversary earlier this year, Uh for about two weeks, I said, "Let me go back to 1973." Yeah, because so many of the songs that you listen to bring back this nostalgia, and there are some great songwriters that came out of that era. Mm -hmm. You know, Jerry Jacks. (laughs) Wow, that's what I started thinking. I'm like, yeah, but as I went through 72, 73, because I decided to go through both of the years. Because that was, you know, September 72 to, you know, June of 83 was my senior year. Yeah. So I went 72, 73. There was a ton of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, by the way, uh, the older you get, and we all get older, but the older you get and the higher the number on the reunion, high school reunion, I think there should be a lower number of death-related songs, <laughs> like "Seasons in the Sun," we can't play that. What about "Goodbye, Bob- My Friend"? It's hard to die with a bunch of old people in the room. Going, what? 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 What, what? what did the doctors say? What? What's What's going on here? Well, what was the other one? Bobby Goldsboro, not watching Scotty go- grow. What about the one where his wife or girlfriend dies, Sonny? Look- Sunny, yes, yeah. look how big the tree is yeah. That's I, I only remember yeah. that one. <laughs> oh, my God. But remember, we also had Gilbert O'Sullivan. Get down, get down. Yeah, I did. You're a bad dog, baby. Yeah. Na, 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 na. That, that came up, and I'm like, God, that was horrible. <laughs> I was going to say. And then don't forget, hmm. because he's actually around from, and we actually talked about it at our... <laughs> At our, at our uh, high school reunion, yeah, because he was from around western New York. Uh, and it was, um, uh, oh, uh, Clint Holmes, Playground in My Mind. Oh, my gosh. My yeah. name is Michael. I have a nickel. Now, I don't yeah. think any of those songs were definitely, were in any way you could say narcissistic. But they were extremely irritating. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want to listen to them. I, but I remember oh, man. Uh, when we moved to San Antonio, uh, my mom was trying to make friends. We we did not live on base. And so my parents had bought their first house. I didn't know it at the time. This was their first purchase of a house. And so they were making friends in the neighborhood, you know, the whole thing, uh, bring over a bundt cake. And, you know, hey, we're new to or they would come over. Hey, welcome to the neighborhood kind of thing. And she my my mom had this one friend and she was always playing music, always had music. I don't know if it was a radio or a record player. I don't remember, but it was the most depressing music. And it was the music of the time. It was the I, I do remember that it was the songs of that era. So it tells me that eh, it probably was a radio. And it was so depressing. And I remember being a kid like, man, I got to get out of this house. My life is going to change if I don't. I've got to i got to move on from this. I don't think I want to be your friend. Your music is crap. Give me some Judas Priest. It's Black Sabbath. Are they together yet? What's going on? I need something. I need something fast and heavy. Let's go. Wow. Oh, so, I mean, it, it was, and I, I did like, because uh, a lot of the conservative magazines were just going through the headlines, and mm-hmm. that's what, you know, look, there's always going to be crap music out there, and sometimes mm-hmm. the public is attracted to a lot of real crap music. Oh, yeah, yeah, Popular yeah. music at times can yeah. be pretty crappy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've always had fun and said, look, people like what they like, and it brings nostalgia in. Uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, you know, I, I, I did like, though, uh, I forgot who did it. I don't know if it was the National Review or Jim Garrity or whatever. But they went through how the media is covering this, and that's really the, our take on it. Yeah, the right, the media right. going absolutely crazy about it as if it's the biggest thing. And you know, it's the same thing. It's sort of the same thing as you know the whole you know the uh, you know the uh, the royal family and yeah, and, and right. Meghan and right. and and all that. That somehow we as a society wish to put. People up in a pedestal, or make it that their lives are, you know, somehow things that we should be. I won't even say obsessed by, possessed by. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and no, it's just no, like seriously, that's like, a, that's a better word. You know, come on, <laughs> Taylor Swift mm. does average pop songs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey blocks and catches a football. Yeah. Pretty much, their contributions you may find entertaining. The media coverage of it is way over the top. Yes, insane. Exactly. And so, and so we have fun with it. That's yeah, what, right. We have right. Fun with yeah, it, but yeah, <laughs> the breakup's going to be horrible though. Is he going to cry on the field? Do you think? You think he'll just start crying in the middle of a play? <laughs> I do hope it's in the AFC championship against the Bills. (laughs) Make sure it's against the Bills. (laughs) Well, as we come back to the beginning of the fourth quarter, wait a minute, hold on. Is Kelsey crying? (laughs) Wow, he took kneeling for a whole new reason. (laughs) I think he's crying. (laughs) Kaepernick is like, are you kidding? Well, me? Well, I said that. Yes, I said I would rather. I go. Why can't we be? Talk, if we're going to talk about the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather talk about Kaepernick. I wake up this morning. Yeah. There, there's the, there it is. The letter, Kaepernick basically begging the New York Jets. Yeah, right. To even put him on their practice squad. I mean, that was even better than the than than the trailer trash. Yeah, you know, uh, stuff yesterday. Exactly. It was like because it, it's Kaepernick that went. The NFL, you know, basically the NFL, the owners of the masters were the slaves. Well, now by his own definition, he is begging the masters mm-hmm. to allow him to be a slave again. Right. By, you know, what he. His own standards. By, by his own standards. Right. And I got to find because there was something on social media that said, <laughs> and that's what happened to Colin. That This is this incredible radical who is out there and everything else and what is he back to now begging mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. his own standards begging the masters mm-hmm. to allow him to become a slave again mm-hmm. I mean you can't make this stuff up right either you believe it or don't yeah if you think that he's an activist icon <laughs> think again yeah exactly he does not walk the walk please put me on the practice squad right yeah why would you even do that even that i know oh i just the circus the jets are like oh sorry dude we didn't get your letter sorry (laughs) <laughs> uh, must have been a mail holiday wow. or something. It yeah. comes back to yeah, him, right? 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 <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know. Maybe you need to put an extra stamp on it next time. We I, I, <laughs> we didn't get it though, but you know, good luck. Letter refused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> return to sender on the envelope. Oh my gosh, I'd love to see that. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if the New York Post hasn't already done a mock article on that with return to sender on the. You know. On the envelope, but why would you even want to create that kind of chaos, even even on the practice squad? Because it would be nothing but media. And then what happens? You put him on the practice squad. Oh, you're going to let him go. You're going to let him go. Uh, No, sorry, dude. We didn't get your letter. Oh yeah, sorry, Mm. we didn't. Didn't get your letter. And just one wonders. And remember, at the beginning of the season, I said, "Well." It was three weeks ago. I went. Well, no more Colin Kaepernick talk. Man, was I wrong. <laughs> How dare you underestimate Colin Kaepernick? I mean, maybe he was listening and went, "Whoa!" So, <laughs> so, so, you told me look for the New York Post. So I'm looking for. A, so I'm scanning down a, the first article I see. Yeah. Taking it to the house. Travis Kelsey's homes are no match for Taylor uh, Swift. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's interesting because I thought that. I thought that. Okay, you know, she's worth like a trillion dollars. I don't know what his salary is. Has, has anybody compared those yet? No. I mean, the post is kind of going in that direction here, but yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah, I actually thought that the the best story was hmm. yes, the best football story was Dolphins receiver uh, Tyreek Hill. Wants to be a porn star when he retires, and dead serious is <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 your next move. Usually, it's you know I've got some real estate businesses that I'm a part of, and and we hope to you know that's what I'm probably going to be doing in my doing some consulting, maybe doing some broadcast. Broadcasting. What do you want to do? Porn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's one way It's not the victimhood story. I was forced to do porn. Right. It's like, this is my life's goal. Yeah. 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 You don't have any other goals? (laughs) That's your number one goal? You don't have anything else you'd like to do? Come on. A lot of football players and ex-athletes are, you know, their next goal is golf. Right. Hey, you know what? I'd like to uh, play some maybe pro-am thing, you know, maybe. You know, I love golf. You know, see yeah. see what I, I can do, how to improve my score, that kind of thing, you know. Colin Kaepernick appeals to Jets in letter for risk-free practice squad chance. Risk-free? risk-free. Wait, he's <laughs> telling them risk-free. <laughs> Risk-free. Colin Kaepernick (laughs) is telling an NFL team it would be risk-free. Listen how he wrote this. I would be honored and extremely grateful for the opportunity to come in and lead the practice squad. I would do this with the sole mission of getting your defense ready each week. I'm sorry. I thought you said the word lead. Did you say lead? Yes. Lead. Unless it's lead. Lead. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy lead just dragged the practice squad down. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh my God! I I would do this with the sole mission of getting your defense ready each week. If I were able to fill this role, I believe this allows for multiple things. Now the beauty about this is he rejected the NFL because he said he had a higher purpose. Yeah, right. I mean that yeah. was the whole thing. I reje- You know, I have I have a higher purpose. Whatever. Uh, my higher purpose is to tell complete lies about police departments, uh, in order to get rich in 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 other ways but i'm a superstar i'm a champion but he went from promoting the fact that he's a superstar champion to now wanting to be rudy yeah right exactly (laughs) my gosh (laughs) (laughs) risk-free well you know the left they just changed the definition of words or phrases and so risk-free must mean the opposite exactly he's oh. telling them it would be risk free that oh. he just admitted what the scenario is yeah he did he just admitted he just lined out basically how this would all go down ahead of time risk free what do you mean risk free wow wow yeah. Yeah, The the moment you open that door, because at some point, you've got to close that door. Colin Kaepernick is not a starting quarterback. And by the way, the day that that uh, uh, story came out, the Jets signed quarterback Trevor Simeon to their practice squad. There you go. (laughs) Who's Uh his girlfriend? Dude. (laughs) (laughs) He's dating Britney Spears. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) <laughs> All right. 86690 Red Eye.
2: This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hotshot Secret, the country's number one fastest growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, aka wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes, the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel cetane number. In most states, the minimum a cetane number can be is 40. Through years of testing, Hotshot Secret has found the average cetane number across the nation is between 42 and to 45. And most modern engines are built in tune to operate best with a cetane number closer to 50. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep cetane numbers up, to keep the engine operating at its best while helping with fuel economy and DPF regeneration cycles. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6 in 1 fuel booster at every fill up to keep cetane numbers in a premium range while also protecting your fuel system. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secrets Everyday Diesel Treatment at
3: hotshotsecret.com. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6 just something i've noticed there's a lot more yawning these days have you noticed that yeah and the bad thing about yawning it's contagious now i'm not a scientist but i do know that's true you see somebody else yawn all of a sudden you gotta yawn do you know what helps to curtail the yawning how about a great night's rest at motel 6 book online at motel6.com use the code cpredeye to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code RedEye. That's the letters RedEye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6. And help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store and of course the super truck showroom stocked with plenty of chrome lights and more. While you're there don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80 the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80! It's Rodney Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, uh, well, uh, <laughs> Biden on the picket line for a couple of minutes. Uh, Interestingly, the, the the story out yesterday after uh, Biden was there, uh, Sean Fain, head of the UAW, said Trump doesn't need to show. He doesn't need to talk to uh, to Trump. And he made it known, and we'll have the quote from Sean Fain. He made it He made the very clear, if you're a UAW worker listening right now, we know we have a lot of them, he made it quite clear his... Job is to take your union dues and kill your chances of surviving as a union. Yep. He made it yep. absolutely clear yesterday uh, uh, on that, which is really an amazing admission because he said he, they're all for the green revolution, but it, you know the, the the transition has to be done uh, where it's you know uh, fair and the union does great, right? Which only leads to one thing: yep, taxpayer subsidies of the UAW. That isn't happening for any long period of time. No, no, it's not going to happen anytime soon.
1: Giving you 70% each night. Eric Carley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio.
0: And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and uh, good morning. Thank you so much for uh, uh, being here. I uh, just uh, I just want to read this uh, one email that we got based on yesterday's show, which was, I thought, really a good show. Mm-hmm. And and people may have missed parts of the show and, and that's fine. But it's like, uh, uh, this is, uh, let me see, Tony from Ocala, Florida, who wrote uh, to me and said, I'm not sure whether... Uh, You had a problem with the fact that proceeds received uh, when selling concert tickets may be taxable or a problem with the fact that the new law captures the information for the IRS about ticket sales. I could not tell based on the discussion, but what is clear is that everything you were talking about last night has been taxable forever. People may not routinely have reported ticket reselling in prior years, but it is and has been taxable forever in fact, the general rule is you must report on your tax return all income from any source, including the $10 bill you found on the ground the other day. Uh, yeah, Eric and I were both suggesting that uh, people should not have to pay their taxes on income. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had a couple of responses uh, on that level, uh, and, and I think we made it very clear. If you're making money, you have to pay taxes on it, and, and that's how it works. The difference is setting up this system here then requires those that are selling things on ebay or any other platform and not doing it for a profit they're just cleaning out the closet they want to list some things that they've got up there and they're not going to make a profit on it now they have the burden of proving they lost money on it right and and we had you know we we believe everybody should pay their their, uh, their taxes. Look. When the Republicans and Trump increased Eric and Gary's taxes a few years back, morons, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and by the way, it's true. But, and both Eric and I were in the same situation where there uh, uh, certain things that uh, business things that, uh, that we were involved in became taxable in order to give the tax cut to some yeah, uh, others yeah. others had to pay certain more. deductions went away right yeah. certain deductions business deductions went away which yeah, we, Ted Cruz which, which which by the way why was he for that <laughs> oh yeah i mean that that was part of it and he was one of those that was out there saying listen you're going to be able to do your you know your taxes on a postcard oh okay yeah. <laughs> well, still not doing it on a postcard well well the reason very quickly the, re- <laughs> the reason we were against we were against it is because that if you if there is a I'm I'll be generic here because I don't want to get into the specific details, but if you are going to have a a a business tax, to have a tax, and we said for Republicans to put forth uh, and tax things that uh, uh, that give a disincentive to create more wealth is a bad tax for Republicans to have. Mm -hmm. And the specific things that that Eric and I were both uh, involved with business deductions made it so we can make more money and actually get into a higher tax bracket. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then everybody benefits that the creation of wealth, you know, there, but overall we were for the tax plan, just make it clear. But we looked and said, okay, we're, we're, we're against that. But, here no everybody should pay their taxes what we're talking about is the extra work created because of the income tax because we and where government may go on it and when you talk about our specific thing was the paperwork you may have to get involved with if you actually don't make a profit and have losses yeah and the paperwork and the verification that would be required uh you know for you when you know, as we've stated we very clearly, you know, you, I, I, my taxes, you know, for the most part, has simplified over the years. But the fact is the company knows the vast majority of my income because the my employers or whoever report it. So they know. Mm-hmm. So there really isn't a problem. They know that's income. Now, my deductions, they'll either take or they don't take. But here is a case where you're talking about, transactions that are made where you have to prove that can go everywhere, anywhere from, as we call it, an online garage sale and so many of the variables that might happen in the future and where the left may go on it. It was not at all uh, a show on stating that you, if you have income, should not have to pay your taxes. Right. You know, you look at. The consideration for uh, the, the IRS overall, and really that was kind of the underlying theme or foundation uh, for the thoughts being conveyed and, and what we talked about for years. The IRS being involved in every aspect of your life, mm-hmm. now to the point of you're going to sell some old records, you're not going to make a profit on it, but you're going to sell some old records. And see, here's the thing. Unless you have those receipts from all those records you bought back in the day, if you are, at any point, if they come in and audit, it's you that has the burden of proving what you paid and that you didn't, like that $10 bill on the street, just find a bunch of albums or someone right. didn't yeah. give them to you yeah, for great free. Point. right. Yep. So those are the things... Mm-hmm that we look at and I understand with, uh, with e-commerce and and also with the way that money moves now, it's, it's, it's crazy. The fact that I, I mean, I love all the payouts that if I need to uh, send my sister some money to chip in for something we're buying for our parents or something, it lands in her bank account. Like now she can use it now. She doesn't have to wait for me to mail a check and so all of these things, you know, are great and wonderful. And, yeah, if you're making – if you've got a side gig and you're making money, you have to report that. And, and you want to report that because the idea is if they come in and then realize, and wait a minute, you're not reporting this money you're making, then that's tax evasion. That's a big – that's a very serious crime. And you can say, uh, look, we can go in and say we need to uh, gut the IRS and, and change tax code permanently on on a number of items but until that's done if you're not abiding by the law then it can be very very serious for you yes but we do believe that people should pay their taxes if we did not then we would believe that hunter biden should skate free exactly (laughs) so and the other and the other point would be political the the political justification of this by the Democrats, Mm -hmm. which is the lie that they're going after billionaires in this case, right? which was exactly been all along. And so that's the lie because they know that there's going to be a backlash from the public on it. But it is it it was more it, it was looking at the burden that is put on people on things that are not clear income and things that they can't prove. Right. Uh, that is a problem, and the future of what it may bring. For example, when we because we gave the example of uh, all right, uh, not just concert tickets you may you know make a profit on, or sports tickets that you may make a a, a profit on, but all the other apps that they're going to be looking into, mm-hmm. all the platforms. And mm-hmm. we used for example uh, eBay. And in, in case you weren't listening yesterday, I said I've got over a thousand CDs, mm-hmm. and what and if I decided to get rid of those CDs on 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 eBay. Mm-hmm. Because I have, I have put them all on digital. They're all on my computer now, and mm-hmm. I, I don't need them anymore. I've got them backed up and backed up and backed up. So it's like I'll have these songs, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, forever. Right. My entire Taylor Swift collection. Yeah. And the and box set, the box. And so, and so, if I go to sell them, uh, I would look like a store on eBay. Because I'd have thousands of – because each one you're selling individually. And there are a lot of people out there that are exactly in that spot that have, like I said, my buddy that's got – he's got uh, several bedrooms and rooms in his house filled with crates of vinyl. And and so we talked about the possibility of what would happen after, and Eric brought up a great thing. He said – well, what if the IRS com- and, and no, and then the the discussion came up. Well, what about inflation? Yeah. What about appreciation? Right. What about you know depreciation? How how do you figure all of this you know out in there? There's so many questions and it's and it's such a mess. And then Eric actually brought up a great point that uh, again, how would how would a court rule it? He said, well, wait a minute. You took all of your music and you put it on digital, mm-hmm. so you actually still retain the value of that, right? Of the content, what you bought, you're the still content. retaining. Right. And so we were, we were doing like, and it's not, that's actually not a hypothetical. Right. That's something that somebody may, you know, because everybody sells CDs, records, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I put it on digital. So I have the value because the value was not the actual CD. It wasn't the package. Right. The value was the music, which I still have. Right. Could the IRS come out and say, well, you still retain that value. And since you're selling a thousand of these, and let's say I sell them for ten dollars each, and it's ten thousand dollars, you know that I have got in is that income, right? Even though I paid for all the CDs, and I'm just talking about these are the court battles that are coming up, right? And we were just talking about these are the challenges we face because of an in- income tax, where the government thing gets involved in every little stinking aspect of your life, and I. Don't want a tax system like that where the government can monitor everything that you do. It shouldn't be that. To pay taxes, it shouldn't be that way. And that's why, for example, you I, we look at it and, you know, people say, well, you have to have the income tax because uh, other means of uh, of of, uh, of taxes don't provide that consistent income. Well, that's incorrect. Look at the state of Texas and the state of Florida. They don't have income taxes, right? And they're able to run, and the state of Florida and the state of the and the state of Texas are as big as many countries out there. Mm-hmm. And so it is our continued push and our belief that the income tax should eventually go away. Now it's going to be replaced by something else. Right. We're not saying no taxes, right. but we're just highlighting the problems and the potential of government intrusion into your life, especially that we know that the IRS has been corrupt. And has done things to people based yep. on their politics. Yep. It's no longer, well, you guys are talking about a hypothetical of what could happen. We know it's already happened. Right. And, you know, I looked into it even further. I went home and kept reading on the IRS website. I don't know why. I guess I'm a glutton. You're sick. Yeah, I might be. <laughs> and I was looking into it because we had some questions coming in, you know, from listeners. And, and, and thank you, everybody, for... Uh, you know, uh, being engaged in it and, and also, you know, uh, listening. And we uh, talked about how, all right, here's what if you have receipts, what if you don't have receipts. It actually tells you, the IRS says, on these personal items you sell, if you're if you're selling them for a gain and then also, and you have a mixed batch of things you're selling and some for a loss, you have to separate them. Now, I know what the intent is when lawmakers were probably putting this together. If you're buying something, and this happens, actually. Uh, We have a friend of the family who does this. She goes and gets all these closeout things on kids' clothing. And she fills every room in her house with it. I mean, she's got her own business right there in her house. And then she resells them. So in the summer, she buys all the winter clothes, and then all of a sudden in the fall, that's her inventory to sell it online. And it's a side gig. That is That should be taxable. That she should be paying taxes on. There's no doubt. And I understand what the intent is. But what we have a concern with is, again, your scenario. Well, I've, I've, you've got a collection. What about this? You know, you look at it, and because – You retain the content. You know, they might say, well, not only did you do that and you had $10,000 in revenue from this, this is a a business. This is a legitimate business. You're setting this up like a business and we're going to go after you. And there's the problem. And by the way, when I, I was to finish up here, I was looking at the website, the IRS website, and it says, look. It's gross revenue. It's gross revenue. It's not. It's the six hundred dollars of gross whatever is transferred on the on the pay Whatever's transferred on the pay you're going to have to prove that that wasn't a profit. Well, on the site it says if you get a ten ninety nine k form by mistake from one of the platforms or pay apps, you essentially have to reach out or prove that that was a mistake and you have to claim it? What if you're audited and you can't prove it was a mistake? Those are the problems we have with this. This is overreach by the IRS. Eight six six ninety red
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
3: Mint Mobile
2: Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15,
3: 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month So
4: Give it a try at MintMobile.com
3: slash switch.
5: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited
4: more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at MintMobile.com.
3: America starts the day with America in the morning.
4: Pending home sales numbers. They tanked in April, but there Hi, are Hi,
3: I'm
0: John wins. Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business and weather octane action in the dust a new film puts in. our staff of correspondents provide a fast-paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens
3: It's a bird it's a plane it's amazon concise
6: accurate and fresh each day
0: america in the morning
1: the podcast available wherever you listen
0: Hey, Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, coming up following the top of uh, the uh, the the hour. Not much analysis on that uh, judge in New York and mm-hmm. his uh, decision on fraud uh, with the, the Trump Corporation yesterday. We have so many different questions, and I can't find any analysis on it at all. Right. I haven't yeah. found know, any type of legal analysis on it because we have so many different questions. To, uh, to, uh, to to ask and and question uh, about this judge, as we do for all cases, plus Hunter Biden. <laughs> yeah. They hacked my laptop. Uh-huh. I mean, this is just the most bizarre thing, plus the UAW and more all coming up.
3: Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products.
1: From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio.
0: All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, I never took a break
2: during I the
0: top of the hour. Yeah. Y- you and I having a, uh, a discussion yesterday, or yesterday, uh, just in the, over the last couple of minutes, uh, about the uh, the judge that uh, said that uh, uh, Trump uh, committed fraud in his uh, his real estate uh, dealings. Now, this is a partial summary judgment which is the purpose of a a partial summary judgment is to simplify a trial by ruling on some claims right you know so yeah there's still other things that will be ruled on and it's a non-jury trial that will proceed and letitia james is the attorney general for uh new york uh state of new york and so she is uh this going to be move forward with this the rest of this trial but when you look at the judges um uh, this would be uh A Manhattan Supreme Court, a Manhattan-based state Supreme Court judge uh, who basically ruled, and I want to make sure I get this uh, accurate here, uh, ruled yesterday uh, that Trump and his company are liable for fraud by misstating the true values of multiple real estate properties for years and thus grossly overstating the former president's net worth by billions of dollars. Uh, this is Judge Arthur Angoran, and in his bombshell, the word used here at CNBC, decision, also canceled the New York business certificates of Trump, the Trump organization, and the other defendants, including his two sons, or two of his sons, and in a lawsuit, uh, this is this is part of the lawsuit by the attorney general's office, A judge said he would appoint an independent receiver to manage the dissolution of the corporate entities whose business certificates he canceled. So every story that I've read on this in recent hours has something similar to the following. Again, this from CNBC. It's not clear. Whether in Goran's decision means the Trump organization and related entities will have to be completely will have to completely cease doing business in New York or whether the companies can be legally reconstituted later. And others were asking, can he just take these companies and move them out of state? And a a spokesperson for the attorney general, uh, the state attorney general, Letitia James, didn't comment. Uh, To CNBC, I mean, I I don't know. There's going to be, I think, during the day on uh, Wednesday, a a lot of uh, breakdown of this. And I'm looking forward to that because you and I have a a ton of questions. We're going back and forth in in terms of what this is, what this is going to mean. But
6: it's the same. What he's saying just
0: quickly, it's the same. It's the same questions we have because what the judge is saying he is guilty of. Is the same questions that we have that is that actually fraud? Because in granting partial summary judgment to James on the fraud claim, the judge found that Trump made false and misleading valuations for multiple real estate assets in statements to insurers and banks for years as he sought more favorable terms on insurance coverage and loans. Question we, number one, was he granted more favorable terms? And if he was, did the banks and insurers do their due diligence with appraisals? That's how it works. If you go, anybody who's purchased a home, refined a home, or whatever, you when you refinance a home or buy a home, the bank wants to know exactly what that value of that home is right now. And they send an appraiser. When it comes to insurers, when you talk about insurance for real estate, if, and I did, I've never checked in for this, I, I, I know life insurance, you can, you know, they'll, they'll let you buy, you know, I think it, it works most of the time uh, based on your health, but then beyond that, uh, you know, multiples of how much you earn, or whatever you mm-hmm. can buy. You can buy policies, but you're going to pay us. You're going to pay a premium, right? By the more the coverage you get, and so my my question would be again: Was there any evidence of, and because there, he's just the judge here, this state su- uh, supreme court judge is just throwing out the word fraud. It was all fraud. Well, are you saying that his claim? or claims now and you said it happened you know for years these claims what was granted on the other side was he granted consideration blindly by banks and by insurance companies without appraisals right where's the damage where who is was, the damage who was damaged by the, the by the fraud when you talk about real estate and, and this was this is what was promoted from the very beginning and our questions are still the same When you, when you throw, and we've all, you know, we've talked about when we get, everybody gets their property tax bill Mm -hmm. and you're fighting it all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, we've often stated that, well, wait a minute. What what I'm being thrown first off from the county as to what my property is worth. Well, they're not right. Is that fraud? Right. If I... If I whether I I win because I remember what the the last time that that I protested my property tax, uh, and I honestly looked at uh, I I looked at the comps and compared everything and said I can actually come up with this figure, even though I thought well it really isn't that low it probably is somewhere in here I could justify it by comps yeah all right but part of me said eh. Yeah. I'll take the gamble here. I can justify it by comps, but I really don't believe that, you know, I believe it's somewhere in the middle mm. is where it should be. Well, I lost two to one. Right. Which means, and, and there's no in between. It's either the lower number or the higher number. You don't get, they don't sit there and go, well, we'll put it somewhere in between. Right. And and so the higher number went, but I thought the higher number was un, unfair and there's no way I could sell my house, Uh, you know, for that. I can't file fraud on that, but I believe they were wrong on that higher number. Right. And the funny thing is, one of the appraisers for the county agreed with me that it should be the way lower number. Mm-hmm. My point is, fraud is if I if if I um, uh, uh, want go for a credit card and use your Social Security number and your name and and somehow get it for me. That's fraud. Uh, if you I, go to get a loan against uh, an asset that you don't own and claiming that you right. own it, right. That's, when you don't, you know, if you rented a house and then you wanted to get a loan for it, I mean, but here's, here's the thing. Here are, here are the checks and balances in the private sector. If we're talking about, in, in this case, the judge inflating values of, of real estate uh to get b- uh, more favorable terms from insurers and and banks well show me where he crossed that line and the banks didn't do their due diligence the insurers didn't do their due diligence because then i would argue well they went out and and took a great risk in terms of you know the risk they take every day with and and that would be a risk by the way to shareholders if it's a publicly owned company by granting loans, not doing their due diligence. But I haven't heard any private sector bank come out and say we were ripped off by the Trump organization. You you may get that. I'm talking about right right now. You haven't heard any of that all, all across the board. That's what we're asking. And if they were, then did they not do their due diligence like all of us have to go through when we try to get any type of loan? Were the favorable terms even granted? Because the way that it was, you know, in an effort to get more favorable terms, were they granted or not? Did he say that and repeatedly get turned down in terms of those favorable terms? Was there a measure, uh, a measurement? Can you say that, you know, uh, well, we believe that's his attempt was clearly to get more favorable terms. Where where are the banks, again, like you said, where are the banks and insurers saying, we believe we were damaged because that's much greater risk, and we believe we were damaged because he lied to us. That may exist somewhere, but it's not brought up, and if it had been to this point, I would think that a New York State Supreme Court justice would show that, and that Especially the Attorney General well, of the well, State of let New me, York. Let me would ask you this: demonstrate that in their if, lawsuit. If it was all favorable terms, which means more income, or for you, would not the IRS that's constantly auditing Trump not have flagged some of those things a long, 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 long time ago? I would think so. I would think so. And And so I I know when it comes to these things, it can be complicated, but I'm waiting to see, because I have not seen anybody who I view as credible legally that has taken this on and said, okay, here's where the judge has a point or where it's bogus. But those, and so those are still, they're the same questions we have from the very beginning of when this, uh, that's the thing. None of my questions have been answered because again, when, you know, he Sought more favorable terms. Was he. The first question. Was he granted more favorable terms. Second question would be. Why. Or what due diligence. Did the banks do. And were they defrauded. During that due diligence. If the bank showed up to a property. That he was claiming or something. And it wasn't part of that property. Or something like that. Where the appraiser shows up. And the appraiser is just walking around with a clipboard or whatever. And he's saying, well, this this is part of it and that's part of it. You know, okay, demonstrate that then. I haven't seen that anywhere since the beginning. By the way, we had the same, a very similar conversation when Letitia James, the attorney general of the state of New York, filed this lawsuit. When she first filed, it was like, because that's exactly her claim, mm. well, well, the interesting and and it, she was granted yeah. as such, and the the judge here, uh, the justice for the uh, uh, state supreme court in New York, granted that based on almost verbatim what well, she's claiming. We all know when we re- when we refire whatever, the bank doesn't care what your appraisal is. Right, they could care less. Right, you could tell them, I oh, we don't care. We don't pay attention to it. We're sending out our appraiser, our appraiser. It's hey, hey, we're giving you the money. <laughs> And so we do the appraisal, and our appraisal matters. Take it or leave it, or go to another bank. Right. Well, because there's there are a couple of things that that are part of an equation that can help you get uh, higher uh, uh, credit lines, lower interest, uh, debt to income ratio, uh, assets, of course, and that's what we're talking about here. Uh, then, unlike a, a home loan, on a, a, a you know much simpler level. Mm. Uh, for most of us is the loan to value ratio and the loan to value ratio is important because then they charge you uh, primary mortgage insurance. If it's over 80% mm-hmm. loan to value ratio, the, the loan, if it's above that and you, you borrow 90, I think during the, um, uh, during the entire uh, 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 prime lending thing uh, uh, or subprime lending thing, it was, you know, 95 or hundred percent for some, They would loan up to 100% of the, and, but you pay mortgage insurance. It's an extra payment every month. Um, And those are the things that you look at, but the process itself by him saying it demonstrate where the damage is, because if the banks never granted more favorable terms and where is the claim? and if it went on for a significant period of time as the judge is saying and no banks ever said they were damaged after repeatedly loaning him money right. over and over and over again mm-hmm. then where's the fraud if where's nobody damage? is damaged right if there's no victim where's the fraud right 86690 red eye
3: this owner operator driver report is brought to you by Shell Rotella Sherotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Managing time is key. Successful owner-operators know that simply running hard is not enough. If it were that easy, anyone could do the job and expect the profits to roll in. It generally pays to slow down. There is a trade-off in higher costs, not to mention the increased risk for driving fast. If driving slower takes time away from you, you could find some of the ways to get it back. Never take time off during the last two weeks of the quarter or the last week of the month when freight typically is abundant. Sometimes it works to your advantage to look for loads that take you through home rather than to home. The latter can interrupt your revenue stream and require additional time to get back up to full speed again. This report is brought to
0: you by FPPF Fuel Power Max.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
7: Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying history tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies want to get spooky with us
2: horrifying history part of the believe network just search b-l-e-a-v on youtube or wherever you listen
0: my radio i'm gary mcnamara he is uh eric harley hey! good morning breaking news what happy birthday we were into into a discussion there in the break and and somehow i just oh wow it's gary mcnamara's it's like, birthday it's today. like i didn't even i forgot it was my birthday it's like we're an hour and 26 minutes into it It's was like you know i said forgot yeah that's how um, busy it's been we can't violate uh, a fire code for this building by having all the candles on the cake but <laughs> we'll just do one you know what it means yeah. happy one. birthday to me yeah happy birthday to me right it's interesting because in the uh whole red eye family over the years and going back to our old show even uh we have some late September birthdays that are all in one kind of group of days. Uh, my lovely daughter my my uh, youngest daughter, uh, September 23rd this last Saturday had a great time. Uh, my one of my grandchildren number four turned 15 yesterday. Uh, she's awesome uh, took her out to uh, dinner recently and our friend and former producer, uh, at uh, our flagship WBAP, David Pena. Oh, is his he birthday. Had his was birthday. It oh. was uh, yeah, it was the other day. Oh, okay, and uh, and then of course your birthday here. So I thought you were going to say that in the entire time of us working together, I've always been the oldest one on the staff. Yeah, that's true. It's weird. <laughs> that's where I thought you were. Headed. It's weird. You would think I would catch up. Now there are my biological age. You know the millionaire that's changed. Mm-hmm. Mine's going in the, in the opposite <laughs> direction of his. I think I can prove I'm actually 78. I, And the reason we were talking about, we were talking about doctor stuff, is at the doctor yesterday, and, ah, yeah. and we were talking about different things. And, and so my age came up, and I looked at you and said, oh, my God, it's my birthday. I forgot. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did ask my doctor about that story we did the other day. I said, you see that story about the guy who claims he can live forever? I mm-hmm. went, yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's put it this way. My doctor looked at me, and I said, uh, that isn't true is it and he looked at me and i've never heard him curse and he goes that's bull and he used it <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of doctor you uh, want and, by the way and, and he said straight and he, to the point point." and he said it, <laughs> he said, it, it, he said it, it he said it looks like he goes you know whatever your beliefs are he goes mother nature <laughs> the big bang mm-hmm. god he goes it looks like we're basically maxed out the ultimate max out is 120 yeah and so it's right like, he goes that's the ultimate max out he said, and most people don't get there. He goes, but that's, you know, that's the limit. Well, and, it, we're, and he goes, he goes, I don't see, he said, I don't see anything that's going to change that, he said, in the next couple of centuries. Well, and it's always, you know, uh, a, a man or woman who's like always lived in the Himalayas and, you know, and then they ask yeah. him, well, what's your secret to a long life? Uh, about a half a gallon of bourbon a day. I like, I you like, I, I get up every morning and start with bourbon I, or something weird. It's like. I like the old women that do that. Yeah, you know the I the elderly women a that go. Every day. Yeah, whi- exactly. Like that. I like- have a shot of whiskey every day. <laughs> really? I'm doing it wrong then. Wow, that gives me hope. <laughs>
1: To Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios,
0: and he's our Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the uh, judge in uh, New York uh, that said Trump committed fraud. We uh, basically in, in his real estate business holdings. We go to Richard in Frederick, Maryland. Richard, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi.
5: Hi, and happy birthday to a fellow Libra. Thank you,
0: Richard. Appreciate it. What's up? Yeah, mine, mine's on Thursday. Um, all right. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> thank you very much. I work hard to
5: get to this stage. <laughs> um, <laughs> we all have <laughs> what, What's up? I'm, try, I, I'm trying to uh, – a couple things. I'm trying to figure out who filed the original complaint with the attorney general's office in order to start the investigation. The attorney I mean, general the financial it, institution. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So well, no, their financial institution has been defrauded. That's that. That's our question. It's not a complaint by anyone else other than Letitia James, the attorney general for the state of New York. This is a file. This lawsuit filed by her.
5: Yeah. And yeah. My other question is my other question is. If the Trump organizations are paying their bills and they're up to date. And there's no, again, no complaints from other financial institutions on delays of payment or anything else. What's the crime? Right.
0: Well, you know, you just made me think of something. If you're looking where some uh, private entity or bank financial institution would have sued Trump for fraud, it would have been during some of his bankruptcies, would it not? Yeah, I mean there there Correct. are yeah. there are a number of 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 uh, I guess different uh, 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 transactions or or periods where you could look into it and say and and again because we don't know this is this is why this reeks of something that is again an overreach by uh, by the the attorney general and also uh, an overreach in the judgment by the judge the justice in New York but this is a you know. A very simple scenario with the information we have at the moment. It's a very simple scenario to understand and brings up a lot of questions. The judgment itself, the claim and the judgment bring up a ton of questions here. Where is the claim by the banks or insurers that, hey, whoa, we took a greater risk because he lied to us. We gave him favorable terms because he lied to us. There would have been a, a greater uh, uh, scrutiny, risk assessment, different rates involved. And he damaged our, with insurance, he damaged our earnings, uh, the banks. Same thing with, um, because, you know, you would pay your premium based on mm-hmm. what the risk might be. You would also pay your premium. Anybody who knows, uh, you know, if you live in, uh, uh, if you buy a beach house, you know, you're going to pay for that storm coverage, right? Okay, these are the things that add up to your premium, the same thing on, on insurance, the same thing with banks. Well, if it's a greater risk, because we believe your wealth isn't as high and all of these items are a concern, then we believe your ability to repay or the likelihood of default is going up or the ability to repay the loan and and uh, and meet all of these uh, covenants is going to you know, be greatly compromised we assign a greater interest rate to it and th- where's that claim you know, i i need to see those know, claims. i i remember when uh, the last time that i you know fought my my uh, property taxes and i was in there and and i just said yeah but i do the other comps here and it doesn't you know per square foot it doesn't you know doesn't it doesn't doesn't fit here at all right. they go yeah but those homes are a little bit bigger than yours you go well, how does that affect the square foot right. you know feet right go, well because if you have a smaller home yours is worth more per square fu- foot foot said Why? He couldn't answer the question. Right. And I understand it's true. Mm -hmm. But to me, I'm like, well, why? I mean, there's so many things you could look at. You go, that's unfair. Therefore, you know, you're not telling me the truth, you you know, truth because of it. Now, when he said, for example, I've got the moat. Yeah. You know, that I have the moat around my house, the the pool, (laughs) and that I have nobody behind me. Mm Mm-hmm. The view you know, that you have. The assessment. view that I have. Well, that you—that okay. goes back to location, right? That—that's location. I can say, okay, that could make sense. But when he just said, "Well, no, your house is smaller, therefore you pay more per square that's, foot," and and I I'm I'm not a a tax assessor, never have been, but generally speaking, that's not the case. Now, depending on the materials used to build the house, the amenities, the yeah. age of the yeah. house, yeah. it is going to be higher per square foot. And it also is also the current market, you know, of what the cost is per right. square foot. Uh, mm-hmm. They, you know, there's consideration there, but simply because it's smaller, I've never, never heard that and, before. And I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be learning something. So yeah. I, I, and, when, and when I heard that, I went, well, you don't even know why. Well, yeah, if you're saying right. that. Yeah. Are you you know and, and so I'm I'm thinking just because we're talking about fraud well isn't that fraud if you can if you can't tell me why I have to pay more right right <laughs> and you just say that's the way that it is you know if you can't answer my financial question is that not a form of fraud right <laughs> right you know and and that's but morally it. I'm not saying right. legally it would be well because but, but morally I, I think the impact here that's that uh, you know in terms of the political motiv- motivation by Letitia James. Uh, uh, the attorney general of the state of New York, and 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 quite possibly by the, the judge here, is the political motivation is to go in and undercut and try and show to the world, see, he claimed, and this has been going on for years, that Trump claims he's worth this many billions and he's actually only worth this many billions. I forget who it was. Was it Forbes or Fortune or one of the publications that said, oh, he's not worth $10 billion. He says $10 billion. That His is, net worth is only worth 2 or $3 billion no, or whatever nobody, it was. Nobody cares about that as a topic. No, I, yeah, I thought, isn't that yeah. so 2015? It is. You know, I want to, let's go to Red in Kansas City because he's bringing up something that you brought up off the air. Mm. We just haven't talked about it on the air, but you specifically asked this question. Red, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi.
5: Thank you. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, happy hey. birthday and all that. Thank you. But uh, my question is jurisdiction. What gives a a state judge in New York the ability or the right to assess somebody's worth in other states? Right. Trump was complaining today that this judge said Mar-a-Lago
6: was only worth
5: eighteen million. Right.
0: Right. We failed to mention that on the air. Judge
5: get to assess. Right. Property in
0: Florida. He doesn't. He doesn't. He has no jurisdiction there, and so this is one of the uh, concerns you- by the Trump attorney is that you know this is complete over- overreach, and, and the whole thing. Again, I think there are many questions about this. Uh, the, look, the next stop is going to be on this on the decision that came down yesterday. The next stop is the U.S. Supreme Court, right, district uh yeah. you, mean, appellate, you, mean, court? you know this would go to yeah this would go to federal court yeah yeah. it would go to federal yeah. court and i guess it would be the the uh the the whatever district that is in and then and then onto the supreme but, court no, but i think pro- it will get there but probably it would first go to uh the state supreme court court of appeals state supreme court court of appeals of new york well that's what i wondered because, because yeah it would but cuz this judge is a state supreme court justice. right? I mean, and well, it may. I don't know because the appeal is filed by the, the Trump attorney, so I don't. This case is so biz- Like all the everything we talk about is so bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. They may sit there and take it directly. Parts of it they may take to appeal to the state. Parts of it may they they may take it to a federal court. Yeah, they thanks, could they could do the call. they could do both on there. Yeah, I, maybe because I, yeah, I, that was weird when it's like, well, what are you dealing with, Marlago? How yeah, can, yeah, you don't uh, have I, the jurisdiction I, here. And neither does the attorney general of New York. Now, any damage that was caused to any other entity or persons inside the state, you got to show where that damage is. And she can say his entire portfolio, which included properties outside the state of New York. But there is nothing that there is no remedy other than what they're trying to do here, what they said they were going to do. And that's take. Their business license, uh, the, uh, he can't do business in the state of New York. She's seeking, ultimately, by the way, the Attorney General of New York, $250 million and basically does not want him to be able or his family to be able to do business in the state of new york ever again did you see the you know eric trump when you know he just said i had nothing to do with any of this right. I mean, my name to even be in any on any of this right none of these decisions were none of these decisions were mine i wasn't even involved in that department of doing something like right. that right and he said that's how you know this is false the fact that they've included me in on right. it yeah no i i think this has a very good chance of being reversed. There are too many red flags in the decision itself. Yeah, I can't tell you if it's going to be reversed because I still don't understand precisely where the fraud is. Well, that's why. Because I, if Letitia James and this state court justice, Supreme Court justice here in the state of New York, both could demonstrate that fraud, here's what he did. He went in and committed fraud here, here, here. If you're talking general over inflation in an effort to get more favorable terms again we start with okay were the more favorable terms granted who was damaged by that was there due diligence what scenario are we talking about because due diligence would include appraisals from bankers and insurers that's the way it works so did they come back and challenge that oh here's here's one hmm. did did somebody because because you're you're trying to find where the you're trying to find where the crime actually is you know where the damage would be done Hmm. did somebody from the trunk organization pay off the appraiser from the bank yeah right you know that would so you're if you're looking for a crime that's where you'd look for it Hmm. if that's the case yeah uh, if if that happened and nobody is making that accusation, it did. Right. But if that did happen, well, that would be bribery at, at that point. That's that's bribery. And we don't I don't see a bribery. Charge yeah, here. it's not. It, that wouldn't be fraud because right. that the bribe is what would uh, bribery is fraudulent. But it, the charge right. itself would, would be a bribe, bribe. Would, would be a bribe. On so that. Right. so I you know, those are the things is that it's and be, because all everyone in the media, has some form of we're not sure what this means for the businesses that he owns in the state of New York they are everybody's scratching their head on this and that's what that's the big red flag for me is that there were too many questions unanswered that went are still unanswered here and no analysis from the judgment where you could say here is specifically and clearly. Where he broke the law, he lied about this property, and then lied to appraisers or whatever. Again, I go back to the due diligence well, of the, of the, the banks only, and the insurers. The only one I saw was the one that said he claimed that his uh, the penthouse was thirty three thousand square feet, whereas it was only eleven thousand square feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said okay, but yeah, where where do you get more of a favor? My next question was. Where do you get more of a favorable term by doing that? Right. What's the favorable term? You would get less favorable term because the asset would be worth less. Mm-hmm. So I. Well, if he's th- claiming that it's bigger, then the asset would be worth more. If he's claiming it's. Three no, he times- was claiming it was smaller. Oh, okay. That's what I saw. That's how it was, it was written better. in the article. Maybe, right. maybe it was the opposite way, mm-hmm. but I read it, the one article I read. Was it was thirty three thousand feet? He claimed it was eleven. Okay, they may, that may have been part of this. Part of it was living area, and this other part was uh, oh, okay. business, yeah, yeah, commercial. Be yep, uh, mm-hmm. commercial space. Yeah. So, like I said, there has been no analysis. I've I've looked in the of uh, you know the financial mm-hmm. uh, magazines, whatever. I mean that that understand this, you know, probably a lot better. At, understand. What the charges are based on what the actual law is. Well, and also... And that's what you... The charges, new York law, The charges, the lawsuit by the Attorney General's office is not new. No, no, Where, no, no. Where's the analysis on those charges? 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Um, this is...
0: Really, this is really interesting uh here. It goes, in addition uh, to Trump, the judge found that two of his adult children, Eric Trump and Donald Trump, and two longtime Trump organization employees, were also liable for fraud. Eric Trump, in a post on X, uh, said, we have run an exceptional company, never missed a loan payment, making banks hundreds of millions of dollars, developing some of the most iconic assets in the world. Yet today, the persecution of our family continues. Donald Trump uh, on X called the ruling really nonsensical and uh, and asinine. And Inter- this is just interesting. I mean, it really just legally. I, I want to see. I, I, I'm amazed that there wasn't any analysis on this yesterday from any really financial. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, news outlet out there. Well, and to, to you know, that, that's that's what it comes down to, because, again, as I mentioned, going into the break. You know, of course, the the claim by the attorney general's office, the suit, the lawsuit is not new. It's been out there. The claims have been out there for a long time. Where is the journalism to find the damage done to bankers or the banks and the insurers?
1: is Red Eye Radio.
0: All across America and around the planet. We are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, you were just going through the the actual case there and we got other stuff you want to talk about, but I think it's interesting that that uh you were just telling me from the research you've done uh from this judge's ruling which was based on a state precedent that was set that and and I'll just give the, the overview and you you can give the, the, the details is that according to the state precedent set Fraud can be committed if there is no victim, even, well, e- e- even if the the well, remedy, the, 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 remedy the part for that can be can be a certain you know, remedy and mm-hmm. and doesn't have to be restitution. Right. The, the, but but there doesn't have to be a victim. That means there is no, well, there because you yeah, pay the, the you, victim you, you is, pay is immaterial. Is right. What they're basically right, saying that they doesn't matter whether the victim is completely happy. Doesn't matter whether the victim says, no, there was no fraud. It's simply the fact of not what was lost, but you gained something on the fraud, even though there was no nothing that was lost. And you and I looking at this, both rolling well, our eyes going, whoa. Well, and whoa. this comes from actually Trump's lawyers and um, their citing case law. And it's the people, that would be the people of New York versus Ernst and Young. I, I'm not familiar with the case, but um, uh, they talk about, uh, so this would be Trump lawyers were saying that disgorgement is available under the Martin Act, but not under executive law. So disgorgement, the, the, the remedy here that the court uh, is providing or that the uh, uh, state attorney general is seeking, you know, basically kicking you out, you can't do business here. Uh, is not uh, under executive law, does not apply. And then the court comes back and cites and the Ernst & Young uh, case. Uh, again, this is a, a, a case in the state of New York. Huh. Whereas here, this is from the Ernst, Ernst & Young case, but they're they're applying it here. Whereas here, there is a claim based on fraudulent activity, disgorgement may be available as an equitable remedy, notwithstanding the absence of loss to individuals or independent claims for restitution. Disgorgement is distinct from the remedy of restitution because it focuses on the gain of the wrongdoer, red flag, as opposed to the loss to the victim. Number one, I don't know the... Ernst & Young case, but wrongdoer is the claim by the attorney general's office. And that was where we go back and say, show us the wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Show us this, uh, you know, what that, where they actually crossed the line and broke the law. Uh, the, the Trump organization, uh, Donald Trump and his two sons. Thus, disgorgement aims to deter wrongdoing by preventing the wrongdoer from retaining ill-gotten gains from fraudulent conduct. Oh, man, there's a lot
4: to unpack there. I know. I
0: know. <laughs> According, accordingly, the remedy of disgorgement does not require a showing or allegation of direct losses to consumers or the public. The source of the ill-gotten gains is immaterial. Oh, I'd love to see that argued at the Supreme Court. I I don't, maybe it has been, and I don't know it. But man, I've got a ton of questions there. In other words, we can just uh, take your ability to do business here. All right. Let's again go back to the beginning. Show us the law that was broken and exactly where what event where that was unlawful because this is the thing the court here is saying the judge here is saying this went on for years Uh, and that's of course the claim of the state attorney general in New York Letitia James then you should be able to clearly demonstrate where they broke the law because when you say they misled all right There are checks and balances in the process of doing business. And especially when we're talking about this, in trying to gain favorable terms with insurers or bankers, appraisals are the key. And that's the question. Show me where, first of all, he was granted favorable terms. Because what they're saying is, yeah. Well, uh, we can uh, in in terms of uh, 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 this this remedy of, you know, taking his business license away for the state of New York. It's perfectly fine. We don't have to demonstrate that there was damage. Well, what they're what they're saying is, is that it's still, for, for example, if you differ in appraisals mm-hmm. and you consistently you, know, you you have a pattern of for example, lowballing your appraisal, even if the other side does the due diligence mm-hmm. and you come to an agreement that everybody agrees with and then you go through the transaction, all you know, all debts are paid, mm-hmm. the contract is completed, mm-hmm. that the state can come years later and say, well, since uh, your initial appraisal, because eventually the bank had to agree with an appraisal. And it yep. doesn't seem like Yep. anybody's saying that the due diligence wasn't done right so what they're saying is if you know like in when when I did my property taxes here and I said I think I can get it really low here even though I don't think it, it really is that low I think I can prove mathematically that it is based on other comps they disagreed with me I actually got one well one person one of the appraisers did but the fact is I did in my mind think okay I am lowballing what probably It should be, but I think I can prove it by numbers. Is that fraud on my part? Is it it fraud or is it negotiation? Is it the navigation of uh, seeking favorable terms that everybody is look more favorable terms that everybody is looking to to get? Because if you go in uh, on a much smaller scale, American pickers, what became one of the main complaints from viewers on that show? They'd show up at a barn where Farmer Brown has something that they eventually sold for 600 but bought it for, from Farmer Brown for $3. Right. They actually, you could see where they started to, you know, it was like, okay, well, maybe we just kind of, you know, throw that in. I believe that both of those guys were, were were fine. I don't have any complaints. I don't, uh, clearly, I don't believe that they broke the law, but that was a, well, you should have paid more for that and blah, 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 blah. Well, uh Farmer Brown can go get the appraisal on these things. He can he can seek someone from the outside right. and say, hey, I don't know. Or he could just say no, he said three dollars was fair. And by the way, maybe part of that was Farmer Brown going, I like these guys. I watch them on TV. I really don't care about the money. I'd like to see, you know, this episode right. on TV. And I'm I'm good with giving this for three dollars. Uh, because I really don't – it's not about but, the money for me. But if you look at this, I mean, because imagine how political this could get. Because you're talking about the negotiations where, let's say Trump came in and said and, – and way low bald and said, I'm going to see if I can get an advantage here. Mm. I think that all these banks did do, uh, due diligence. Yeah. They all did it. Yeah. So they all – because they all came to an agreement on it. So the bank had to agree with the appraisal. There's no way they're lending hundreds of millions of dollars unless, you know, they agree with the appraisal. Right. So – This is the point that the Trump people are making. So even if Trump came in and said, I believe that this is what the assets worth," And the bank said, no, we don't think it is. Here's what it is. They come to an agreement on what it is. They write the loan that way. The Trump, because remember, they're talking decades this has gone on for. Right. So, but every single transaction, as the Trump lawyers say, nobody's complaining. In fact, witnesses that dealt with Trump said there was, you know, uh, no, not you know, nothing to mislead, no evidence of misleading. This is what the Trump lawyer is saying now. And again, we're just going with what, you know, the the scenario isn't asking questions. But it seems like all these transactions were completed. All the debts were paid. Both sides were happy. And the state comes back years later and says, well, because the initial appraisal that Trump gave wasn't accurate or what the appraisal ended up being, therefore, that's fraud. Because what is implied here? I it just... I think by the attorney's or attorney general's office, the the uh, part of the tone, underlying tone of this seems to be he got away with it because he was Donald Trump. You mean the same Donald Trump that went through six bankruptcies, and and you that would, were very public. Right. By the way, he wrote about it in one of his books. It, this was not something he was trying to hide. The point is, is that. If you're doing business with Donald Trump and you're a bank or an insurer, I would tell you right now, if I'm the CEO of that company, I'm going, due diligence, everybody. I don't have a problem with doing business with him, but let's make sure we cross our T's, dot our I's, and that we move forward with sure footing. It's been very public that, you know, sometimes his businesses didn't work out. We want to make sure that we are able to minimize our risk to the fullest extent possible. It's not hard because there's – and that's what it comes down well, to. Well, every bank does it unless they're dealing with the government. And tell me who isn't seeking more favorable terms because that's the intent. Are well, you saying the intent I, is to to seek more favorable I, terms? But am I wrong? Every bank does that except when dealing with the government. Yeah, right. Because they know the government has the deepest pockets, right, and and isn't going to default, so right. they can make a bad whole, deal with they can make the bad deal with the government. But no bank believes that they can make a bad deal. Fannie and Freddie with with a private individual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we can. We I can write this mortgage because I know here in about thirty days, Fannie Mae will come in and buy this off of our books. We're good. We're going to make money off this product. Yeah, and they're going to take it from our sheet from our balance sheet here in about thirty days. And these are the things that, you know, uh, you know, when you look at it again, who's not seeking more favorable terms? That's always the intent. That's always the intent. You want to get the you're trying to get the product coverage of from insurance from insurers. You're trying to get the line of credit or the bank loans, whatever it is. You're looking for the most favorable terms. In the course of doing business, if the if this sets a precedent in New York and then it goes on to a federal court of appeals and is upheld, wow. Well, you know, I was... Because I was, how I, many scenarios could you say, oh, this person was trying to get more out of it than the <clears throat> banker got? This person was trying to get more out of it than the... And they were... Because that's the intent. Now... If it's fraud, demonstrate where they crossed the line and broke the law. And and on, on real estate, massive commercial real estate properties, one of the, the uh, things that I believe it was a court who said, well, Trump was saying things like, well, I could sell it for a lot more because Saudi Arabia would buy it. Well, would they have? You know, it would be interesting if he decided to if he said, OK, we're, we're getting out of New York and sold all of his properties we're like, Ten times what they what he was saying they were worth <laughs> during the claims, Right, he comes but, away with a fifty but, billion dollars. But that's that's why all the banks do due diligence. Right, they because, don't because, get... because the real estate market, if if homes are one yes. way, think about the real estate market on it being com- Trump on commercial buildings right now. Forget about it being Trump. There are companies, real estate, commercial real estate companies that are walking away from their properties and handing it over to the banks right now. This has happened in the last several weeks where they're saying we can't do it. The valuation on this property and what we're going to pay with the terms of this current loan, it doesn't add up on our books. We're turning it back over to you. They give the keys back to the bank and they leave. Is that fraud? These are things that you would I mean, because if you can say if you can extract fraud out of out of the normal course of doing business again, if he said, well, I own that property and he didn't own the property, that's fraud. Yeah. If he officially claimed that, then that's fraud. If you that's that's where you have to go back and demonstrate that. And the square footage thing. All right then demonstrate that clearly. If we're talking about, well, this was living space, that was commercial real estate, therefore that okay. much of it was commercial real estate is is worth more. <laughs> um, and the judge brought up, a, a, you know, an example of, uh, of uh, controlled rent versus uncontrolled rent and all of that. All right, but still get back
4: well, to the let, line, let, the law put,
0: that was broken. Let's put it this way. If that's the law in New York, Remember, New York has income tax. Mm-hmm. If you attempt to negotiate anything, and the state comes back and says you can't claim that deduction, is that fraud? Right. You claim the deduction. That's not true. You don't get it. Right. Okay. We figured this out. You don't use uh, two hundred square feet mm-hmm. for your office. We're only give you. We're only giving you one hundred. Right. Is that fraud? They're going to go after you because before? you were determined. Hey, what he said about the Saudi Arabia I think you know they could, the Saudis could right. show up and buy it tomorrow you know when a celebrity buys a home then they buy it for five million and then five years later they sell it for 20. their name sells it is that fraud yeah the John Voight car if I'm willing to buy John Voight's car for 20 million dollars <laughs> because it was John Voight's car did he commit fraud against me John with an H. Oh, no, the
3: wrong John. Get out of the car.
0: (laughs)
1: 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh Yeah. So, uh, by the way, when we said the John Voight car, that relates to a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. In case people don't, yeah. uh, a lot of times people don't it may may have never watched Seinfeld, and uh, great, we, we great make episodes. references uh, all the, uh, the 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 time. And then yeah. we we had just talked about that. Then during the break, we were talking about the Canada Speaker Anthony Roda, resigns oh, after yeah. inviting the uh, the uh, the the Nazi. And yeah. then everybody cheering and a standing ovation for the Nazi oh my in the Canadian Parliament. In That's 10. gonna burn for a long time. And and when you when you said he goes, Yeah, he said when he said goodbye, and he raised your hand and just like Mr. Pitt did yeah. in Seinfeld. Yeah. Exactly. He, that, when yeah. he had the ink under his nose and he looked like Hitler. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. He kind of did the Seekheil <laughs> salute when he said goodbye and resigned as speaker. Uh, oh my God. I mean, that's seriously, that's how does that happen? How does it happen? And by the way, I didn't, didn't Trudeau, uh, call the people that were protesting COVID and the COVID lockdowns. Didn't he call them Nazis? I got I I to go did. back, but yeah, yeah I, believe, I, mean, I believe he did. Well, I believe Trudeau I, you know, did. It, and, it was and they, somebody on social media the other day that said, uh, <laughs> that make the point that the, you know, the. The left in Canada, and and I I think it would apply in the U.S., the left, anybody that disagrees with them is a Nazi. Right. But they're actually giving a standing ovation in Canada to To an actual Nazi. To a real Nazi. (laughs) I mean, what the hell? How does that happen? Because like we said yesterday. You know, look, well, what are we doing today? Well, we're going to honor this person. Ah, fought against the Russians in World War II. Uh, From Ukraine, um, uh, uh, you know, against the against the Russians. You said yeah. against the Russians. You know, they were yeah. Nazis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, a Nazi, right? I really, wow. will, you know, and I asked you the question in all seriousness. I mean, you knew that, but I said. These, all these people are 20 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And so do they sit there and they have no idea what happened in World War II? Are, well, are we raising such an uh, ignorant, and even in Canada, such an ignorant bunch of people they didn't even know? Did revisionist history get so bad that we erased too much? Yes. That,
5: that's a great question. Yeah.
1: French of Government, Eric Herley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio.
0: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, this could be the only logical conclusion. Here we go. Target closing nine stores. wonder where they're closing these stores. Where do you think they're closing them? Dallas maybe? Nope. Uh, nope. Um, uh, nope. California, West uh, Coast. Ottumwa. Nope, Iowa. No, nope. no. Uh, nope. uh, Target announced Friday that's closing nine stores in San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and New York. Yeah, closing three stores each in San Francisco, Portland, Oregon. Two stores in Seattle. One New York City store in Harlem, according to the statement on the company's website. The reason, crime and safety of their employees the company said it cannot continue operating these stores because theft and organized retail crime are threatening the safety of our team and guests and contributing to unsustainable business performance target by the way can you get any more left adjacent friendly than target yeah right target can only be successful if the working and shopping environment is safe for all. Target said before making the difficult decision to shut down the stores, it invested heavily in strategies to prevent and stop theft. The company said it added security staffers, hired third-party guard services, upped its investment in cyber defense, and partnered with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security Division focused on combating retail theft. It has also invested in locking cases of products, that are prone to theft despite our efforts. Unfortunately, we uh, we continue to face fundamental challenges in operating these stores safely and successfully. Wow. Earlier this year, Target executives said they expected inventory shrink, the industry term for lost or stolen inventory, to reduce the company's profitability by more than a half a billion dollars compared to last year. That's profits now. That's yeah, not yeah. overall sales. That's profits. Right. According to the Star Tribune newspaper, last month Target CEO reported the company stores saw a 120% increase in thefts involving violence or threats of violence during the first 5 months of the year. Target continues to face an unacceptable amount of retail theft and organized retail crime and we see the cities are closing in all the sto- all the the cities. That said, we care about our citizens, and so let's defund the police. Yep. This is what is was bound to happen. And when the, the theft started small, it was inevitable that if something wasn't done about it locally by authorities, that it would reach the level of greater threats of violence. And that's exactly what happened. Now we have CVS. Saying it will close 900 stores wow. by the end of 2024, 10 percent of all of its shops as it moves to online uh, an online strategy amid uh, a major increase in shoplifting. Mm-hmm. Wow. They were going uh, to undergo a new retail footprint strategy. CVS and other retailers across the United States continue to adjust to post pandemic. Uh, footfall with covid helping to turbocharge the popularity of online shopping more shoppers are turning to buying online in the wake of the pandemic as well as rocketing levels of shoplifting affecting the stores and they were clear about it too shoplifting a major reason that they're closing yeah this is this is exactly what was going to happen what is going to continue to happen until authorities do something about it in these areas what did you expect this was by choice by the way there was plenty political will to defund the police and no political will to reverse what's going on in these areas in terms of voting differently or insisting that something be done about this if i'm a a republican politician I'd be saying that all the time. Yep. What did you expect? What did you expect? what did you think was going to happen? This is what you voted for. And I would yep. go Biden all the way down yep. to the yep. rest of Democrats. This this is what so many people voted for. Mm-hmm. You voted unfortunately, we voted for this. Yep. And we put the party in power that clearly stated this was their goal across the board, yep. whether it's at the border and then you just lay it out. The border, energy, EVs, you name it across the board uh the democratic party and the left have been involved in the destruction of our society yeah and the civility in our society and not focused on the protection of the law abiding innocent citizen of the united states and their properties i mean we yes. asked you know during uh the the entire uh was it summer of love what about the residents that live around there have to navigate to work and back? So I'm in Seattle and the chop and all that. Yeah. What about the businesses that are there that are being damaged? Oh, it's, it's just love. Yeah. Love is love. Love is love except when it's violence. Yeah. And then violence. Love is love. shoplifting. They're only trying to provide for their families. Love is violent crime. Mm-hmm. Ah, love is murder. Yeah, right. This is insanity. And I don't see any, think about being, you know, when you're a city leader, part of that job is to what? Invite new business into the city, provide jobs, expand wealth provide and establish services and products in terms of availability for your local citizens. Nope. That's got to be, man, I I can't imagine. Did, did you see yesterday the story of of uh, Mayor Adams in New York? Mm-hmm. All right. If the rest of the state won't take our migrants, we're going to send you our homeless. It's like, well, wow, now that's a campaign slogan. Oh yeah, sure. Good luck. And by the way, are they going to go by free will? I I I don't know. I but I just saw the headline yesterday. I just shook my head, going, "They're they're, they're just nuts. They're they're all nuts." And mm-hmm. you wonder, you know, you can understand. I mean, because it was when we, we talked. What was it uh, five days ago? There, I was in a plane, and I'm like, see the headline: Dallas Mayor turns Republican. I'm mm-hmm. like, you got to be kidding me. And I went, you know something. It is to the point in this country where, I mean, because the back, was the backlash at all as big as you thought it was going to be from Democrats in Texas? No. Yeah, I, That's no. what I was amazed by. I mean, it was almost I, silent. I, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, bam. Especially in Dallas. Yeah. Nothing. Hardly nothing. A peep. Yeah. Did you hear on this? Yeah. Everybody knows. Oh, yeah. No, they see it. And it goes all the way to the top in the party. All the way to the top. And I saw more of, uh, you know, Bill Maher complaining. Mm. You saw Serpent. I mean, James Carville. Mm-hmm. You saw he was, you know, the, the Democrats basically are nuts. They're, they're, you know, they use the F word, F'd up and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like. You guys are part of it. You guys are part of it. You pushed it to this point. What did you think you were going to get with identity politics? Right. When, when all Democrats, and they all are still now officially on the national level, behind identity politics, which is judging people by groups and not individuals, again, there was nowhere else you were going to get to except right here, right now. Yep. What did you expect? And then acting shocked. Yeah. We built a bonfire. I didn't expect it to burn everything. <laughs> I know. Just- Mostly peaceful protests, mm-hmm. the corporate endorsements for Black Lives Matter, and then the official policy of defunding the police. And you see the, reform yeah, you see the panic. I didn't think the panic was going to hit this soon before the presidential election and before election time last year, but the panic. Is full mode. I wonder, you know, I I wonder what the internal polls are saying right now. Hmm. uh, You know, for for the Democrats, because the panic over the last ten days uh, has been loud. Well, and how do you how do you if you're a Democrat? Because again, we don't expect that in these blue cities and these blue areas that the Republicans are just going to (laughs) sweep. Unless they actual, actually have a broom, that's not going to happen. But if you're a Democrat and you want to challenge a current Democrat in office, are you going to go against the woke? Are you going to go in and base your campaign on, we need to reverse bail reform? We need to get back to law and order. In Dallas, Texas... Mayor Eric Johnson can say that. Yeah. In San Francisco, you cannot. Because the mob will come after you. Because they see this as a form, and it's bizarre, of justice. It was the whole point. Defunding the police and bail reform i really wonder <clears throat> what the public opinion and what the polls uh, you know if you took polls inside of austin hmm. what they're saying right now because yeah. yeah, austin yeah. is really the most liberal place and yeah in 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 the state of texas right. where the insanity and defund the police and everything else you know was still there mm-hmm. i wonder what the citizens i wonder if you took a poll there Maybe there has been a poll. I Well, checked. there I, I know that and it's anecdotal, mm-hmm. but I mean, there have been a, a number of issues uh, uh, that were addressed or, or concerns uh, that were issued along the way from small business owners. And, you know, this goes back a few years. I wonder where it is right now. I'm with you uh, in terms of if you were to take a poll. But a lot of business owners saying, you know, we can't do this. We can't. Just like all these other cities. We're losing everything. And nothing is being done about it. At some point, you can't afford to stay. I've been saying that all along. And that's exactly what CVS and other massive retailers are saying. We can't afford to stay. Think about that. This is not a mom and pop shop downtown these are massive companies
4: that are saying we yeah. can't
0: afford to stay. Some of the biggest retail outlets in the country. Yep. And they're like, sorry, can't do it anymore. Right. What did they expect? I would have to ask all liberals. What did you expect? What did you think was going to happen? Apparently, the social workers replacing the police couldn't uh, do the job. Nope, they can't. Which was idiotic to begin with, as we stated way back then and you can't steal from an empty store that's no longer there and it all started with the lie that all the by the way it all started with the lie that many of these same corporations that are now leaving Mm -hmm. and retail outlets that are now leaving these areas uh once embraced they embraced the beginning of it they embraced the black lives matter lies of about police which led to uh, which led to, you know, their their so called bail reform to fund the police. Mm-hmm. Everything was based on a lie. And all that's crumbling. The Black Li- Black Lives Matter crumbling, uh, you know, Kendi crumbling with, you know, his, you know, his uh uh his so called management style. Mm-hmm. But that was all based on the the lies of critical race theory and the bigotry of critical race theory, which is a falsehood, which judges people by groups and not individuals. It all goes right back to identity politics. Yep. You know, this group thinks this way, another group thinks that way. Well, what you get by thinking that way is the destruction of your society, as we're seeing in these major cities today. But they all, the vast majority of corporations, bought into the lie of 2020 what you're seeing right now is a result of the lies of the summer of 2020 yep you're seeing it a little bit over three years later this is the result of it the crumbling of these cities where the politicians and the people and the voter embraced it and now you're worried are we going to be living in a living hell sewer it won't be long well it's what you voted for it's what your politicians wanted. Yep. This isn't an accident. This isn't because there was a natural disaster that you couldn't handle. And it's not going to change politically. This was the choice that you made. Yep. 866
1: red We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
0: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Curling, and I'm Gary McNamara. Some really interesting under Biden news that we'll get to uh, hear a couple of stories uh, out uh, yesterday. None positive, even the ones uh, that were initiated by his camp. Uh, also, Jamie Dimon from uh, J.P. Morgan Chase says the Fed could still raise interest rates sharply. Ah, that more on the way.
1: is Red Eye Radio.
0: All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, Biden on the picket line for a couple of minutes yesterday for the UAW. Uh, man, Sean Fain yesterday said While it was a good thing that President Joe Biden joined their picket line. The UAW is focusing on its workers and will issue an endorsement when the time is right. Uh He added, and there's still work left to be done, this EV transition. It's important, and we believe in the green economy, but it's got to be a just transition. So we want these, as we move forward in this transition, we want these jobs to have our standards in them. It cannot be a race to the bottom, and that's what these companies are trying to push. They're all for taking all of our tax dollars helping finance this transaction. But when it comes to taking care of the workers, the companies keep trying to take us backwards, oh. and that's unacceptable. So there's still work uh, to to uh, to uh, to do. Later, Wolf Blitzer, I can't believe he went to the same high school I did, uh, read from the 2024 uh, Republican presidential candidate, uh, former President Donald Trump's criticism of Biden's EV policies, and asked, is the former president right? Does the push for electric vehicles here in the United States hurt your union? Fain answered. Uh, It doesn't if it's a just transition. Right there, right there, all UAW workers, you've been throwing your union dues right down the toilet. And your president continues. We're not talking the president of the United States, even though he continues to lie. But your president of the UAW, Sean Fain, is lying to you. You know that if you are forced to go to the mandates of the federal government, you're not stupid. You know if you produce a product that can't make a profit, that no way long term is the government going to subsidize your jobs to the salary and benefits that you have come to expect. That is impossible. The only chance you have is if the automobile companies can make vehicles that they can make a profit on. Sean Fain, through all of this, still is lying to you UAW members, and you are paying him his salary to lie to you. Now, that's where liberalism is going. We know Mm -hmm. this. Mm Mm-hmm. We know the Democratic Party is lying about what they believe mm-hmm. and what is happening on a consistent basis. There is, you know, no shock to understand that Sean Fain is doing the exact same thing. He is lying to the union workers. He knows. He not, he's not an idiot. He knows the automobile companies and the unions cannot survive making electric vehicles. Nope. And so really the only choice if they're going to continue making electric vehicles is to take a lot more government money to pay the union salaries and they would become public unions, <laughs> right. but he's blaming the com- uh, the companies for where the future of, of automobile manufacturing is going in this country. And we all know the automobile companies are not in control of that. It's the federal government and specifically the Democrats and the left that have promoted All of this, some Republicans have gone along and we disagree with them, but the major push is from all Democrats. Well, and do we believe the UAW is going to endorse a Republican? No. Of course not. So they're going to endorse the continuation of this, this policy, this is what they will endorse. The continuation that you and I first really, the, the, the first big benchmark was the, uh, West Virginia Coal Miners Union back in 2008 endorsing Obama when he publicly had made it clear to the San Francisco Chronicle that his goal was to destroy their jobs. And they said, that's the guy. And now the same thing is happening. And the president of the United Auto Workers is lying to his union members that EVs... Are a way to a successful union and a successful union model in the future. Your president, if you're a UAW worker, thinks you are a complete moron. That you, if you're a United Auto Worker, you're a moron. You're an idiot. Yep, that you can't see that making products that can't make a pro- a profit that the public doesn't want is the death of unions and your union in this country. Mm -hmm. You know it. We know it. It's common sense. And the only conclusion is Sean Fain is lying to you. Because all he wants, he's hoping for a huge government subsidy that goes to the unions, hopefully for the next couple of years. And then after that, it's done. Yep. Those subsidies will not continue, and it's you know there there is there is no turning around of these mandates under any democratic administration. It's nope. not going to happen. Nope. And the thing is, every union member listening right now—if you're in Michigan, you're in Detroit. You know, it. you know, we're telling you the absolute truth. Your are pres- and think, and the the thing that's galling is you're paying your dues. For his salary, and he's planning your union destruction. He's going to be fine. You know, we said this a long time ago when we were called Mm anti-union. And we said, nope, the most anti-union people in this country right now is a union leadership. Oh, yeah, by far. And we were right on that. We weren't wrong. They're clinging to and have, and we go back years when you could still say politically, The Democrats were pro-manufacturing. We go back that far. Yeah. Yep. But eventually we knew it would come to this. And today they really don't make any excuses at all as a party. They're very clear. They don't want manufacturing. You can learn to code. The UAW leadership believes that the average UAW member is a complete idiot and moron And cannot see what's actually happening. That's what they think of you. Yep. Yep. I just, I have to wonder have they asked for an increase in dues? Because that would be the next logical step, right? Yeah. Since we're planning your destruction, uh, could you guys pay more, guys and gals pay more dues to us Uh, so uh, we can have our own golden parachute? Right, yeah. And he acts so indignant and angry. What a fraud he is. Yeah. Sean Fain's the biggest fraud that exists out there. I'm outraged by this. Mm -hmm. You're a fraud. Hey, does the union get to vote on who they're going to (laughs) endorse? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I'd love to see it. Yep. Just amazing. Just amazing. Because it is now. We're down to the wire. Yeah. There, we're at a, a crossroads. I don't think it's going to be reversed. We're looking at the end game here. I don't think it's going to turn around for the union. Because it's not going to turn around. The mandates aren't going to turn around. So, we're, so these companies are going to continue to lose profits. And something is going to happen. There's going to be a, a drastic change. And it will not include... The union. Simple. You have a long-term future UAW. Or you have a longer-term future UAW if you produce gasoline and diesel vehicles. Mm-hmm. You have no future with the mandates that the Democrats are proposing. You know it, yep. and we know it. Right. Yep. And, it, And I mean, it does make sense when you think about it, when you think about what the Democrats are doing. If you want an example of what's happening with pure democratic leadership you look at the big cities that we have today you look at what uh the Biden administration is doing with illegal immigration and everything it's absolutely clear yeah and yeah. and so if the leadership of the of the liberal party the democratic party is going to lie to their constituents what makes you think why would it should have been any different and we've been saying this since 2008 the worst enemy of the union movement in this country is the union leadership yep. that you're paying your dues to. Yep. That's the thing that angers me a little bit though is when when and you and I know it does you too, because we've been looking at this union leadership when they get angry, you
6: know. <laughs>
0: Well, every Shut political up. year as we ramp up to the political season, it's the same thing. And now, of course, you you couple it with the the strike. How dare they? You're asking for it. And officially, when they get to the endorsement part, they'll be asking for it. That will be the official move to say, we don't care about the future. We're here for our political ties to the left, and that's it. Let's quickly go to Tom in Detroit. Tom, you're on Red Eye Radio. Oh. Nope.
6: try again. Right. You're, you're on Red I Eye Radio. To say that I know, Mister Red Eye Radio. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say that I know Mister Fain, and Mister Fane is not a liar. So he, everybody, uh, has an agenda. Everybody has marching orders, and also our dues. Our dues are paid for what we already have, not what we're going to get, because that's yet to be determined. So. I just took offense. Normally, I, I side with you guys, but I took offense by calling Mr. Fain a liar. They have a plan. Well then, well then, well then the he's a, then he's a
0: complete idiot. He's either a liar no, or an either. idiot. Yes, he is. No, sir. Yes, he I is. Totally You're telling us that the policy that mandates these EVs, which is causing the demise of these companies, isn't the problem. Fain is the one that says the future is electric vehicles. He's lying to you, Tom. He's lying. Uh,
6: I just, Gary, I strongly disagree with you at this point. I mean, if you're if you, if you all don't, right, don't, right you're you telling me, with, you're
0: telling me that electric vehicles is what's going to bring your union to success.
6: Uh nobody can determine that yet, Kenny. You? you got a cruise the ball, Gary out there in Texas. We don't have to have
0: that to know that these companies are losing money. They lose sixty thousand dollars on each one. Ford's been losing sixty thousand dollars on every electric vehicle they ma- that they make, and that's with the subsidies. Do the math. Well as I said, yeah, either okay, you're either e- either you're being delusional because you want to stick with the union no. movement, or you're lying. If you're the leadership to the union members, you cannot that's succeed.
6: Nobody's, Gary, nobody's lying. Come on, that's an exaggeration. So you're, you're saying? Make, so you're saying it's a you're trying to frame something by? So, PNCS, so you so you don't, don't do that. so you don't see the losses on these EVs? Sure, I do. I pay attention. I'm I'm a stock market. Then tell me. Absolutely. Then then where's the gap in your math? If I knew that, I wouldn't be in my truck talking to you. You So you you don't don't know.
0: No, no, no. Tom, we just told you they're losing money, massive amounts right now. Tell me how that's a good business model.
6: Gary, in, in the EV program, but in their ICE engine vehicles, they're not. They can't keep up with the 150 production. That's why they're on strike to hurt them. They're not it's going to – it has to the be Broncos subsidized by the taxpayer to Broncos stay afloat. They're easy. not making money on it. Gary, yeah, you're all fired up today. The Broncos are one of their best-selling vehicles, and they're an ice engine uh, – uh, contain an ice an it ice it may, to, it, let's it, let's may it
0: profits. Yeah, it, we're, talking, talk we're profits. talking profits, and if you're talking profits – and you're talking success through profits, you might as well, if you're talking about the Bronco, talk about the Denver Broncos last week. Because Tom, I mean you Tom, man. Tom, I'm telling I'm you, I'm sorry, dude, with all with all due respect, you're delusional. Yeah. You're absolutely delusional. I, and, and you're, delusional. And you're, and you're and you're and your, Tom, to Tom, you and you're and you're buying into the liberal Tom. leadership lie. Tom, we're talking about profits. Hear it.
6: Eric, talk some sense into your
0: buddy. Tom, Listen, I know I'm trying Fain. to talk Mr. some sense Fain into is you. Not a liar. I'm trying to talk some sense into you. That's Eric, not me. <laughs> profits?
6: Where are the profits on EVs? Okay, I'm. I, I'm not a. I'm not a cost a Tom, CEO, COO guy. T- Tom, you Tom,
0: you don't have to be. You don't have to be. Don't play Everybody's that, man. You. Don't play so, that. So you're saying your lack oh, of know- So you're saying your lack of knowledge Dude. is your evidence? Your high
6: school debate team strategy is paying off. Listen, I'm not sure how this is all going to play out. We went into the tunnel. We're probably halfway in the tunnel, and we're going to come out victorious.
0: Uh Uh-huh. For now? Appreciate it. Well, yeah. Appreciate appreciate your call, but your your, your argument is I'm ignorant Mm -hmm. and don't know what's going on, and therefore it's unfair when you state that the projection of making an unprofitable Uh, product that the public doesn't want to buy that is cost prohibitive to the average consumer, which is what the American automobile uh, industry survived on for the last 100 years. You don't have to be a COO or a CEO to know about profits and losses. You know what's happening. And and if you wish to be a union lemming, that's fine. Same thing we were told When the coal miners called us back in 2008. Yep. We support the endorsement for Obama, who at by that time had promised to kill their industry. And he did. But thanks. But yeah, I get excited because I hate seeing people lose their jobs. And I hate seeing union membership lie to their union members. Or if he's not lying. He's completely unqualified to be the head of a union. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye
7: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. In order to manage speed, you need to understand the four factors involved in stopping a vehicle. Perception distance is the distance a vehicle travels from the time you see a hazard until your brain recognizes it. The perception time for an alert driver is approximately three-fourths of a second. Reaction distance is the distance a vehicle travels from the time your brain tells your foot to move from the accelerator until your foot hits the brake pedal. The average driver has a reaction time of three-fourths of a second. Brake lag distance also needs to be taken into account. When operating a vehicle with air brakes, it takes about half a second for the mechanical operation to take place. Finally, braking distance is the distance it takes a vehicle to stop once the brakes are applied. Braking distance is affected by the weight, length, and speed of the vehicle, as well as road condition. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
0: And he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, I shouldn't be getting upset on my birthday. You know? <laughs> I always make it a point to get upset on my birthday. I <laughs> well I look for things to get angry about. Uh look, I, I I know I got hot in the last segment, but I get there is nothing I've seen in in my long life. I've seen too many people lose jobs And, and I don't, I just, I don't care whether you're a union worker or not a union worker. Uh, I don't like it when people lose jobs. I don't like it when management lies or when union leadership lies. I don't like it when government lies. I don't like it when management lies. I don't like it when union leaders lie to cover across the board. Um, And by the way, to Tom, Eric and I have – because he kept saying to – and Eric, you were actually talking. He thought you were me, I think, at times. Hmm. Uh, But we have the same agreement on this with the leadership of of the UAW and the leadership of many unions out there over the last 20 years jumping aboard on the whole climate change. It's uh, maddening. It's maddening to see this happen where they are asking for and officially endorsing – the destruction of their own industry i i i don't i can't i don't even know where to start in terms of wrapping my brain around that and that's where my fury came from my my because there's fury you heard you heard me furious i'm i'm furious and i'm furious at how gullible people are and i'm furious tom and and look i know and i thank you for listening tom because you said you have and you agree with us most of the time, and I, I really, really appreciate that. But I'm furious because in my mind, um in my mind to be blunt, I view you as being gullible because you claim you have no idea of the economics of electric vehicles, but you trust your union leadership. Well, I don't trust anybody. I'm I'm sort of like the uh The uh, the the nuclear arms deals of the 80s, trust and verify, trust and verify, Mm -hmm. which means the verify is a very important part of trust, which means understanding economics. The economic model is not there for the economic model not to be there and say, but I blindly trust someone doesn't cut it here on Rudd Eye Radio. No, I mean it, it. It may cut it if you're dealing with union leadership. I don't think it cuts it with the majority of the UAW that actually believes that the success of the automobile companies, which is the success of the unions, uh, is to you know is is a is uh a, a better shot of happening. Than if you were producing gasoline and diesel vehicles, right? I don't think anybody buys it, and I've seen Biden. I've seen the union. I've we've seen the union leadership promote illegal immigration against what the union members want. And by the way, this is not. It's a completely different discussion that we have about unions and. You know, where they're going in the private sector because we've known what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is not a discussion on this. This is a discussion on jobs right now as it exists right now. And there are people that work without unions. There are people that work with unions. But the fact is, the union leadership on illegal immigration has, you know, over and over again has supported what their membership does not agree with. Right. You saw Biden come in day one, tens of thousands of union jobs gone. Did you hear did you hear the the Democrats come out and say, excuse me, the union leadership come on and say, this is it. We can't support no. Biden. We may remain neutral. We may not support Republicans, but we're not going to support Democrats anymore. Did you hear that? No, no. And they killed those jobs for no reason at all. None except imagery and symbolism. We saw the coal miners union. We saw what happened there. It's not like there's a history of this and we got the same go. Well, you guys don't understand because you're conservative right wingers who hate unions. Well, I hope you can sleep well at night blaming somebody else. And I'm not saying that the union leadership could stop what's going on, but there are certain things where the union leadership could have been louder and said, we cannot survive with this business model. And we do support management on wanting to make a profit with gasoline and diesel-powered engines. And if UAW comes out and says we're no longer going to endorse the Democratic Party because we believe that they they are part of the demise, then we can have a conversation. Yeah. But remember, we're not alone on this. Lauren Summers. Mm-hmm who is as liberal democrat as you can get with the obama administration when asked what's going on had the exact same thoughts we had this looks like the end game get as much as you can now because the business model is going to fail yep yep and the and I'm, and the the business model is going to fail which means then the union fails and and i hope I don't see it, man, I hope I'm wrong that we get politicians in there that can reverse. I think eventually you have to reverse the mandates because it's not going to work. Right. yeah. I don't yeah. see it anytime soon. You have to reverse this. it's like the grid. you have to you have to reverse what they plan on doing to the grid because the public will just will not accept it right. And as we have said, Uh, If you wish the unions to survive in non-right-to-work states, you better be producing a product that produces a profit. If you you can criticize me or us, whatever, for our anger and fury you heard, I don't believe you can criticize us for our actual opinion on the logic of economics and whether the UAW or anybody... Can survive Whether you're a private sector worker or union worker, survive on a business model that is planned to lose money. We're seeing it happen in real time right now. And yet we still can't get a union worker that, uh, you know, that then that was the question I had to him. You see the profits going away right now, don't you? Well, I'm not a CEO. You're not willing to look. You're either blinded by your loyalty to the union or you're not being honest. And and sorry, that's just and I it, it comes back up to me again. I just I, I burn when when you've got, you know, people lying or living in a delusional state and people lose their jobs because of it. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the one thing, you know, the one thing that, for you know, because all workers work hard. Yeah, right. I know. Union shops, you work hard. Everybody's working hard. This gets down to the individual and how horrible it is to lose a job and the feeling that you have when you lose a job and when it doesn't have to happen. And in this case, because of the strength of the Democratic Party that has been supported, I don't know of more support for the Democratic Party than unions in this country. Do you? No, no, I don't know of I don't know of any other organization. And the BS of the climate change is not just now. So you could sit there and go, "Well, it's not all you know Sean Fain's fault." No, but he's a continuation of that leadership that has you know it's it's been over the last and twenty if years. They, if they issue an endorsement for the reelection. Of the current administration, yeah, and they're they're officially asking for the demise of their industry. Let's go to Deanna in uh, Virginia. Deanna, welcome. You're on the show. Hi.
4: Hi.
0: Hi. Welcome.
4: I just wanted I just wanted to tell you that I am a UAW member, and I do agree with you. And I sent Sean Fain an email the other day, and I told him that if Biden was the biggest union president that was ever, that he would not have cut that many jobs on his first day in office. And I said, the only thing he wants is your money and your vote. He could care less about the American people. And I told him, I said, I also voted for Trump, and I voted for you, Sean Fain, and I also pay union dues. So I think it's best that we do not endorse either candidate and just kind of stay neutral. I'm right there with you. But as far as that electric vehicle, it's trash. And if people realize with the battery, I mean, they're expensive. Uh, we're, we're building trucks now, and we cannot get the battery for the electric truck. So if you bought your an electric truck, if we can't get them at the manufacturing plant, how are you going to get yours?
0: You know, you make you you make you make a great point because it's not just about the fact that they can't you know, they can't sell them for a a profit. And by the way, there are some thanks for the there's some great there's you know, some of these vehicles are actually great vehicles to drive, Uh, you know, but but are but are they practical for the individual? And when you look at and this is the other thing, too, not just the economics right now of it, but the economics of the future. When you talk about the supply chains where the Democrats don't want lithium mines here in the United States. Nope. They want to depend on all of our enemies, which is going to skyrocket the cost when well, not all of not all of them are enemies, but many of our adversaries where there's a ton of lithium and just like oil and natural gas, they don't want union workers to be able to take that out of the ground here, and they don't want union mine workers going after the lithium in, in the United This just, is the, just found right. another massive source of lithium in northern Nevada and the 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 uh, the the extremists will make sure that nothing is going to be produced from anything out of the ground. And that's going to be the policy of the left as they follow all these activists. As they have for years. Uh, let us go to Tony in West Virginia. Tony, welcome. You're on Rudd Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi.
6: Uh-huh. Uh, I have a question for my union brother Tom uh, why do I have to pay more out of my pocket so you can have your better wages?
0: You mean your I mean not not from your union dues you mean your tax your taxes your taxes you mean Correct. right yeah that's a question that we've asked because that's what he's that's what he's he's not saying it directly but that's, that's what he's implying. The company is getting loads of tax dollars. We believe that we should get part of it because of the profits that they've had. And they've have, they have had profits. But it's actually, when you look at a union contract, and I know Tom said, we we don't pay the union dues. We pay the union dues for what we have, not what we're going to get. No, that's ridiculous. Of course, you pay your union dues for what you possibly can get in the next contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course you Thanks, do. Thanks, Tony. People look to the future. It's just, it's just not... Well, we pay your dues for what we're getting right now. No, you pay for all of it. Yeah. It comes from your money that you earn. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
0: It's Friday Radio. He's our Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, welcome and uh, good morning. Talking about the uh, UAW, uh, Biden uh, visiting the picket line yesterday, and Sean Fain coming out and saying that, uh, yeah, you know, that uh, green energy is a way to go as long as there's a just transition, yeah. which we took as saying, okay, since the company got taxpayer subsidies, you give us the subsidies. He's not telling his union the truth. And right. we got pushback from somebody who knew him uh, last hour, and of course, I'll say we, but more I, <laughs> just you know, sort of lost it because this is about—I don't care whether you're a union worker or a private sector worker, people are losing their jobs yep. because of the insanity of liberalism. An and entire has, industry is being destroyed. Yep, and it has to stop. And it's just, this is just and, one of the number of many industries that are being destroyed and have been over the years. And we watched it happen in the Obama years. We've watched it happen since. And this right now, we're seeing it. This is it. This is the final train. We're getting aboard the final train. And this kind of what we know mm-hmm. today as the domestic auto production in, in the U.S., it's going to be over. It's going to be Uh, The the companies will be cut up because they'll they'll have to be sold. Uh, They may go offshore and produce vehicles. The union will be gone. No industry has ever rose to greatness or profitability by the government dictating the product that it must make that the public is not asking for that is actually less productive and inefficient from what currently is on the market. And it doesn't happen that way and greatly more expensive and greatly more expensive yes thank you very much yeah price point is number 1 yep more of your calls coming up a lot of people want to participate in this and uh, we'll do it next
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood.
3: Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of season two of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history, in the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting binge seasons one and two of in the red clay now wherever you listen